Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. An old world curse. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. In 2001, a man named Kevin Manis was out visiting yard sales in Portland, Oregon, to find things to sell in his furniture restoration store. He happened upon an estate sale that he learned was for a recently deceased Holocaust survivor named Havella. There, Manis found an old wine cabinet. He went up to Havella's granddaughter after he paid, and she said, I see you bought the Dybbuk box. Manis has no idea what she's talking about. But he would soon find out, big time. Today we're talking about the owners and stories and controversies around a famed Dybbuk box, a Jewish superstition turned real-life curse. In Jewish folklore, a Dybbuk is a disembodied human spirit that, because of former sins, wanders restlessly until it finds a living person to host in. The idea of a Dybbuk gained popularity in the 16th and 17th century Europe, similar to the idea of being possessed by a demon, but for the Jews. People who were suffering from mental disorders were taken to a rabbi who specialized in miracle working on the supernatural, and this rabbi alone was the one who could expel the harmful Dybbuk through Judaic exorcism. You think exorcisms were just for the Catholics? Think again. Rabbi Isaac Luria is considered the father of contemporary Kabbalah, or Jewish mysticism, and he loved working with the spirits. He gained a cult-like following in the late 1500s for his ideas on ghosts, demons, and souls, laying the groundwork for the Jewish belief that souls could continue their task of self-perfection and evolution beyond their body's death. His disciples went one step further, with the idea that a body could be possessed by a dybbuk. Now with some of that background, I'm sure you can guess what a Dybbuk box is. But at that point, Dybbuks were spirits looking for human hosts, not spirits holing up in rural Oregonian wine cabinets. So 35-year-old Kevin Manis bought a sewing box, the wine cabinet, and some other items from the sale. He, of course, learned at the sale that the items had personally belonged to Havela, a Holocaust survivor who escaped Nazi-occupied Poland and had recently passed away. While Havela escaped, sadly, her parents, brothers, sister, husband, two sons, and daughter were all killed. After leaving Poland with a couple other survivors, Havela lived in Spain until the end of the war. There she immigrated to the U.S., and the wine cabinet was one of only three items she decided to bring with her to the States. The other two? A trunk and the sewing box. After that, Havela lived a beautifully and, thankfully, calm life, until she passed away at 103 years old. Havela's wish was that the box be buried with her. 
However, being buried with something is contrary to the rules of Orthodox Judaism, so the Holocaust survivor's request was not honored. But the granddaughter said she was afraid of the box, that there were bad things attached to it. A skeptic, Manus asked if the granddaughter wanted to open the box with him right then and there. She absolutely did not. She said her grandmother had been adamant when she instructed her to never, ever, ever open the box, regardless of the reason. Feeling like there was some heightened emotion around it, Manus then offered to let the granddaughter keep the box, and she was like, hell no. She insisted. Manus bought it, and he has to take it with him. Then, according to Manus, the granddaughter begins to cry and asks him to leave, and he obliges. He credited the strange exchange to the stress and grief she must have been feeling, and she kind of shrugs the warnings off. Cabinets are built to be opened, so buying something that essentially couldn't function would be a pretty bad investment for a furniture dealer. In any case, Manus took the box back to his shop and decided to restore it and give it to his mother for her birthday. After dropping the box off at the shop, Manus has to go run some errands, so he leaves it in the care of the saleswoman who was on the floor that day. And that's where the trouble starts. After only a half an hour, Manus gets a call from the salesperson. She is hysterical and screaming that someone in the workshop is breaking glass and swearing. The iron security gates also somehow get locked and the emergency exit is stuck. Manus tells her to call the police, and then his cell phone battery mysteriously goes dead. Manus frantically drives back to the shop. When he arrives, the gates are still locked. He unlocks them and finds the salesperson on the floor in a corner, sobbing hysterically. He runs to the basement, and as he hits the last step down, he smells an overpowering and unmistakable smell of cat urine. The lights also will not turn on. On further investigation, Manus finds the origin of the breaking glass sounds. All of the nine incandescent light bulbs and ten four-foot fluorescent tubes in the basement are shattered. After a two-year run working at the shop, the salesperson immediately quits and refuses to discuss the incident with anyone. But no matter, Manus still doesn't connect what happened that day to the box, and the birthday gift is still on. Two weeks later, Manus is about to refinish the box for his mom and finally, finally opens it. He is surprised to find the cabinet is extremely well-made, with a mechanism inside. When you open one of the doors, the mechanism causes the opposite door and a little drawer below to open at the same time. It's cute. Inside the box itself, Manus finds two U.S. wheat pennies dating back to 1925 and 1928, a blonde lock of hair bound with rope, a brown lock of hair bound with rope, a dried rosebud, a four-legged candlestick, a golden wine cup, and a granite sculpture inscribed with the Hebrew word shalom. In retrospect, all the items, experts say, are used to fight demons in Jewish folklore. Manus, thinking not of fighting demons, thinks that they're maybe valuable or sentimental to the family. So he tries to return the items to the estate, but they refuse them. After looking more closely at the box, Manus saw Hebrew lines etched in its back. Looking up the Hebrew, he found that it is the Shema, an important Jewish prayer that is sung before the Ark is opened and the Torah, the Word of God, is read. The word Shema itself means to hear— to obey, or to take action. On October 28, 2001, Manus gave the box to his mother Ida for her birthday. He presented the box at his shop, and while Ida examined it, Manus went to take a call. He says, quote, I hadn't been out of sight more than five minutes when one of my employees came running into my office, saying that something was wrong with my mom. When I went back to see what the matter was, I found my mom sitting in a chair beside the cabinet. Her face had no expression, but tears were streaming down her cheeks. No matter how I tried to get her to respond, she would not. She could not. 
Later, Ida described feeling a cold breeze from the box as she opened its doors, then experiencing, quote, pure evil coming out. She ended up suffering a stroke, and is okay now, but at that point, she temporarily lost her ability to speak and form words. During her recovery, she could respond to people by pointing to letters to spell out words she wanted to say. On the 29th, the day after the stroke, Manus asked his mother how she was feeling, and she tears up and spells out the letters N-O-G-I-F-T. Manus thought she didn't remember and assures her that he had given her a birthday gift. But then Ida gets even more upset and spells out the words H-A-T-E-G-I-F-T. There is no mistaking that message. Manus, though, laughed and says he's sorry she didn't like the cabinet and he would get her anything she wanted if she would promise to get well soon. Did you keep the box? Of course not. But I can say that it stayed in the Manus family for the next two years. And over the course of those years, a bunch of other unexplained events affected Manus and those around him. First, Manus's sister witnessed the doors of the box opening all on their own. Manus's brother and his sister-in-law complained of odd smells coming from the box, ranging from jasmine to cat urine. Those who spent time with the box, including Manus and his siblings, all suffered from terrible, reoccurring nightmares. All the nightmares are the same. An old woman appears to the dreamer, shadowy, looming, with sunken eyes. Eventually, and for obvious reasons, the box went back to Manus's shop. At the shop, a brother of one of the store employees visited and mistakenly knocked the box off the shelf. Shortly after, he committed suicide. And if that's not disturbing enough, a couple years later, the store employee himself also took his own life. Manus at one point tried to give the box to his then-girlfriend, a great gift, but after keeping it for two days, she asked Manus to sell it. Because it was a beautiful box, he did. He sold it the same day to a nice middle-aged couple. But three days later, when Manus opens his shop, he finds the box sitting at the front door with a note that read, This has a bad darkness. So he takes the box out of the shop, to the benefit of everyone who worked there, and brings it home, back home, to his own house. Why? I am not sure. But at that point, a new development occurred in Manus's relationship with the Dybbuk box. He began seeing, quote, shadow things in his peripheral vision. Very cool. Finally, in 2003, Manus put the Dybbuk box, or what he calls a haunted Jewish wine box, where you might put a strange and haunted artifact that's only brought you stress and tragedy for the last three years, on eBay. On that note, let's take a break. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hi, hello, how are you? Hello. How are you doing? Are you good? This is the check-in. You good? You good, bro? <laughs> you, you up, bro? You up? You, are you, you up? up? It's 3 p.m. Are you up? Are you up? <laughs> 
No? It's, it's, it's 9.30 p.m. You up? You shouldn't be. It's late. <laughs> no. Go to bed. Oh. It's been an interesting time here at Ghost Town. Yeah, certainly, certainly. We've been separated. Yes, we are separated. Announcement. <laughs> uh, we've been separate. Rebecca has been away. Yeah, I've been gallivanting around Europe. Um, it's been a, a lot of fun, but glad to be back, grounding myself. And then this, the literally the day she got back, I left for the East Coast. <laughs> That's right. So for about five plus weeks, mm-hmm. five, six weeks, we've been doing this different time zones. Yeah. Sometimes very, very different time zones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jason will get a, a 4 a.m. email for me uh the drop of a hat. It's no big deal. But we, we made it work. Mm-hmm. What, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, When... We hear, He'll be the judge of that. <laughs> when you hear the Apple Podcast reviews, um, people will be like, why bother? So <laughs> took a beating there. We'll talk about it. Oh, no. Have some, uh, we have an exciting addition to the ghost town government. Mm-hmm. Things are things are very exciting for, I don't know who. Um, yeah. Somebody very bored is excited. Yeah, exactly. Me behind three closed doors. Alone in front of my computer, I smile. And Halloween is coming up, so we're trying to cook up something. Now that Mm -hmm. we're both back in the same place at the same time. Yes, yes, yes. It's our our big time. It's our uh, high season, as some might say. Let's say what's up to everyone who's listening, everyone who's sharing the show, spreading the good word. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I want to go positive before I go negative. Okay, yes. Because I'm going to go on a rant. Uh, Let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. You know how I get. I I know. You get fired up. I'll go from like a 3 to a (laughs) 4.5 in like six hours. Very tough on me. (laughs) Want to say hello to our government. Mm -hmm. Want to celebrate them. Mm Mm-hmm. We're going to start with what I like to call the mayors. Yeah, you like to call them that. So does everyone. <laughs> I, I co-opted that term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In no particular order, or if I want to mess with your mind, maybe there is a particular order. Oh, shit. Anyway, I just that's just my little L.A. manipulation. That's right. You know, got to dig it out sometimes, Ooh. keep people guessing. Mm-hmm. In no particular order, did I do air quotes? I don't know. Mm-mm. Ashley Matson. Hello. Dara Rosenzweig. Hello. Kat Joselle. Hello. And announcing a Ooh. brand spanking new mayor. I love it. I love it. Stephen Bates. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to our family, to my family. When you hear your home, Stephen Bates. When you hear your family... Here's some breadsticks. Yeah. You want more? Yeah. Well, I'll we work on it. I'll work on it. <laughs> we ate them all. They say they're endless. Watch yeah, us make it. Uh, we'll put an end to it. Exactly. We will. <laughs> kind of sounds like almost like if he's in like a, like a band. Yeah. It's like Stephen Bates Jones. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a cool haunting name. Yeah. Love it. Hello. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the... Family, the other mayors. We'll try not to haze you too much. Yeah, yeah. There'll be yeah. some branding. Yeah, and not a, not marketing wise, not no, like marketing branding. You'll you'll all meet in upstate New York. <laughs> yes, we'll meet you there. Um, you'll be under no anesthesia. Yes, and just uh, see just see what happens. Don't you want to let life roll off you? So welcome, and you do have to answer to somebody. Stephen. Yeah, though no, that's important. You do have to answer. To There's somebody. a hierarchy. 
your upline. <laughs> you can't run amok. <laughs> no, 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 no. As no. much as you like to. No, no. You have to. Uh, when when this person texts you, you must return that yes. text. And it must be a separate. You need a burner phone. <laughs> Did I tell you that you need a burner phone? <laughs> need a burner phone for our governor. Mm-hmm. Avian Noble. So if you want. No ads, no chit chat. You want to binge and burn through it. Bonus episodes. Cooking up one right now. Yeah, you're going to get it soon. Go to patreon.com slash ghost town pod. It helps support the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Thank you. If you want to hear some people that don't necessarily support the show. Yeah. Is this the time? Is this the time for that? This is the time. Okay. This first one is from... DNS JC Janay mm-hmm. in the US and A. Okay. One star mm. mid. So mid, when something's mid, grandma, yeah. that means it's like meh, mediocre. Okay. Not the worst thing on earth, but also like nothing to write home about. But like also one star seems pretty low, low for that. For a yeah. mid. Thank you for teaching me what mid is. You gotta get on TikTok more. I guess. It gets worse. Okay. Okay. It gets worse. Um, Review-wise, but better star-wise. <laughs> you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, this is one's from Styled Canine in the US and Day. OMG, the ads. <laughs> I listen to a ton of true crime podcasts. Guys, the ad. I have to say that because the same stupid casino ad plays two times <laughs> every single... Oh, I think these are for like the shorter episodes. Okay. And we don't... Contr- I, I, I mean, I... Yeah. Put as much input in and controlling and how many people could hear of the same one. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of that is out of our hands because we're not a, um, I don't know, we're not. We're not the network that puts yeah, ads we're in, not. unfortunately. If it were up to me, there'd be no ads, yeah. no money, and you all could sleep on my couch. Yeah, and but we would be have money from, I don't know what, some yeah. trust fund. Yeah. Understandable. I was, my mom was working with me in a couple of hours period. She actually said, I can't handle it. Turn it off. She works on a different floor and only comes down a couple times an hour. It's too much. You need to do something different. Um, well, no. We're not going to do something different. <laughs> no. Because I'll tell you something. I'm going to be honest. If you listen to a ton of true crime podcasts, uh-huh. you're listening to the same thing on there. Maybe on, if they have longer episodes, you're, it's breaking it up a little bit. Yeah. But – and I think a lot of times what the deal is – understandably, listen, do I – Always love ads. Sometimes I listen. I'm like, yeah, you got your ads. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this is so annoying. Totally. I still listen to the show because I understand the, the structure, the of idea of advertising. Money. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And I, I hate, I fucking hate ads. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I agree with this person. Ads are horrible. I hate them. I always fast forward them. I do not have any time or patience for them. But I understand that like they need to exist. And maybe that's on us too. Maybe we should beef up these episodes. Again, we don't get paid. This is not our full time job. But like. If I can make these episodes longer, you know I would, and I do sometimes, and sometimes it's too much. Also, so. it's it is a free product. Mm-hmm. Not not to say if it's a free product, you should be abused with things like that. But if you're listening mm-hmm. to a ton of true crime podcast, I this is what I think the case is. There's some that you just like more, or they're more popular, mm-hmm. and you feel like, well, they're popular. And I like them more because they're more popular. I'm willing to forgive more mm-hmm. than something that are less popular. Yeah. That's really it's it's kind of the case. Like if there's a TV show I really really like, and there's a lot of commercials, mm-hmm. I'm more forgiving to a show that is kind of like, yeah, I like it. I do like watching it. Yeah. But when the same advertisements come on, 
I'm a little less forgiving. So mm. let's not pretend that these ton of true crime podcasts you're listening to don't have any ads. Yeah. I guarantee they do. They, they do. do. And that's always the case. And it's elitist. Yeah. I'm going to say it's, Listen, it's elitist. Help us make this our full time job and we will make longer episodes and less ads. I can make that promise. So for your free product, um, that's what you get. But I do understand if they're shorter and you're getting that repeat. Yeah, it sucks. That's not us doing this on purpose. Yeah. Trust me, I would do anything to make that not happen. Mm-hmm. This one is from Rescue K9 in the US and A. Oh. Not for me, one star. The last one was two stars, though. So thanks for that. <laughs> I recently started you. listening to this podcast. I started listening to the first episodes and there wasn't much about the actual topic and the show's very short. Correct. Mm-hmm. You're not mm-hmm. wrong. I decided to skip some more recent shows to give it a fair chance, and it went from unscripted and a lot of off-topic stuff to total scripted, which is not necessarily true. Mm, yeah, I don't think that's It's scripted, but it's not – you think that it is, but we're also – Yeah, we're also kind of improvising. It's, just, it's more polished. We're, it's, we got better at it. We got better at it. It just <laughs> makes it easier to produce than yeah. just meandering, easier for me to edit. Yeah. And with too much Patreon ad for the length of time in the actual podcast, I should specify the begging – for Patreon customers is too long and annoying. Yeah. You think, I mean, that last one you just heard when I said, hey, for that, what was that 11 seconds, 12 seconds? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. If you think that's too long, then that's <laughs> totally on you. Also, these people are, I would like to get paid and earn money for the work I put in. I don't think you should. Mm. I think you should give me a free product. It'd be exactly what I want, and you should make nothing for it mm-hmm. and I don't care. Go uh, you work nights and weekends in order to give me exactly what I want and mm-hmm. I will take it or leave it. Yeah. For me though, no, I would like to get I would like to get paid, but since you're a podcast, your time <laughs> is no value. I'm saying that's yeah. No, really it's true. What you're and, and I think, you know, we we are f- for both of us, I think it's it's striking a lot of the balances between these things and if we we're trying to make the best product we can, trying to make sure it's worth everybody's while and you know, that takes time and effort and money. We're also two people with two <laughs> laptops and two microphones. Yeah, we're it's literally sitting in a cubby hole. <laughs> There's nobody else. It's not like, I was like, well, we'll tell the staff to like do yeah. this. No, we're just doing it and we're doing our best. And we, you know, things, our moods and what we feel is interesting and how we feel changes mm-hmm. week from week. The subjects we talk about, it's not like we're like, okay, what's a 40-minute episode? Let's. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. And, and we can only give a, a genuine point of view to something, and it's not always going to be the exact same. Truly. And we make two episodes a week. One of them is very short. One of them is a little bit longer. But that is a lot of generation. It's a lot of fact-checking. It's a lot of writing, revising, not even, you know, recording, editing. It's all a process, and it takes a lot more time than I think people think it takes. I did give both beginning of show and more current episodes a go, but the show is not worth my time mm. with all the off-topic content. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I listen while I'm at work. Are you – So you wait, you're listening to this free product while you're getting paid? <laughs> that's interesting that that's your model. But you see these people and like, listen, I want to listen to this free product while I'm getting paid. I don't want these people to get paid paid i don't know mm. why it's a really mm. weird it's funny uh it's a really weird thing i mean and i don't know what you do you for a living but what if our thing was like i don't think this person should be getting paid yeah but whatever they're doing i want them to give that to me for free yeah interesting it's very interesting way it, to think about here at the us of a we're entitled to a ton of high quality podcasts for free for the rest of our lives apparently the ads you know when the story's back 
it, it's jarring for them, but it's like there's ads in the beginning, like every podcast. Mm-hmm. There's a break, which we tell you there's a break. Mm-hmm. After that, there are no more ads until the end of the episode. And if you hear ads at the, after the end of the episode, that's you're on done. you. I don't you're know done. what you're expecting there. So you're only – and other podcasts, and this is totally fine, blah, blah, you know, they'll talk, 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 break, talk, mm-hmm. talk, talk. You get – the beginning and essentially the middle when we tell you there's going to be ads. And after that, there are no more ads yeah. or talk about anything else except for the episode until the end. So I don't know what's jarring to you when there's the beginning and then there's the middle and then that's it. Like, how is that? I don't know how that's jarring. It's not like we'll just be talking and be like, and then they open the trunk and yeah. there was Hello Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> so I will try again in the future. It's not going to change. Don't bother because yeah. we still think our time is valuable. If yeah. you're like, if these people realize that they should just work for me for free and give me entertainment <laughs> while I'm working and getting paid, uh, it isn't for me. I wish your podcast the best. Thank you for that. If the podcast isn't for you, that's totally fine. Yeah, it's a little entitled. It's a little it's entitled. A, it's entitled. Yeah, you're a little entitled to that. And yeah. I think maybe because there are a lot of podcasts out there, and mm-hmm. I think. They're more forgiving of ones that are like, either I really love this one Mm -hmm. and I'm willing to give it more leeway. Fine. I get it. But don't don't say somebody else is bad for doing the same thing the other people are doing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like somebody treats you poorly, but they're a family member. So it's, yeah, you have to deal with it. And then somebody else who's not a family member does it Mm -hmm. and it's bad. It doesn't mean the treating poorly doesn't make it right for the other person to do it. You're just willing to. Take it. Take, take yeah. it for other reasons. It's a different relationship, which makes sense too. And again, a lot of these other podcasts that we, uh, you know, I don't want to say compete with, but we are in the same corral of podcasts with have a team behind them. And our team is the two of us sitting here right now. So small, small shit. I took a sip of water. Is that okay, boss? <laughs> is that okay? Or do I just have to keep uh-uh. giving you? Spit it out. Uh, uh, Spit it's out. really, I think when people say, hey, listen, I don't like it. Yeah. Whatever. Or it's like. It's got too many, no matter where the ads are, too many ads for the, you know, the the size of the episode. Totally get it. But don't say that you shouldn't have them Mm -hmm. or we're begging for Patreon people. Mentioning it once for 12 seconds isn't begging for it. Yeah. Say the the thing once in there. I'll say it again. (laughs) Patreon.com slash ghost town pod. Damn. But no, I, I don't really consider that begging. I think it's just you are like, stop trying to stop trying to put value on your time. Mm. there's only value on my time yeah yeah i think that makes sense i'm back baby you're back we're back we're here we're fired up fired up you know and i i get it and i I appreciate honestly any feedback that's great like happy to talk about it like we just did happy to implement it it feels worthwhile we address it we're not phonies we're not like hey just got a really great somebody patted us on the back yeah We'll talk about that. We will. Yeah. If you want to leave us a good review on any platform. Oh, we yeah. Will. Oh. Um, lie. You can lie. You think <laughs> I don't like being lied to? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, no. You're wrong. You don't I, know us at all. I love being mm. lied to. In fact, mm. I prefer it. Yes. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Um, but but uh, thank you again. Honestly, these are not the worst reviews. <laughs> this no. is a, a soft landing for me, my friend. No, like no, back yeah, these, in LA, this is it? This is, this they is it? They were honest, which we appreciate. And you took your time to do it. Do we need to 
pay you for your time leaving the <laughs> review, though, because I know our time has zero value and yours <laughs> apparently has a lot. And it does. Mm-hmm. That's the difference is we think your time <laughs> does have value. That's why when somebody's like, hey, you took the time to listen, took the time to share it. Yeah. We get it. If you're busy. Things are happening. There's other stuff out there to, to occupy your time. Truly, and truly. And we, uh, we appreciate, for better or for worse, that you're here. Yeah, absolutely. Now that you're here, though, and I have your attention, and now that we've discussed you at length, let's get back to me. And by me, I mean the Jews and the Dybbuk box. So Manus decides to sell the Dybbuk box on eBay, likely to get it as far away from his own life and maybe put it into the hands of someone who would appreciate it, or at the very least, know what to do with it. So he wrote a very long and detailed product description, detailing how he got the box, the strange things that happened to him and his family afterwards, and why he wants to get rid of it. It's a pretty lengthy ad and includes a lot of stuff I've already just told you, but here are a couple excerpts that will give you a sense of the tone. He says, quote, All of the events that I'm about to set forth in this listing are accurate and may be verified by the winning bidder with the copies of hospital records and sworn affidavits that I'm including as part of the sale of the cabinet. He goes on to describe his nightmare, which we talked a little bit about before, but here it's a little bit more detailed. Since the day I brought it home, I began having a strange reoccurring nightmare. I am with someone non-threatening who changes into what can only be described as the most gruesome, demonic-looking hag that I have ever seen. This hag proceeds then to beat the living tar out of me. I have awakened numerous times to find bruises and marks on myself where I had been hit by the old woman during the previous night. I would destroy this thing in a second, except I really don't have any understanding of what I may or may not be dealing with. I am afraid, and I do mean afraid, that if I destroy the cabinet, whatever it is that seems to have come in the cabinet may just stay here with me. I've been told that there are people who shop on eBay that understand these kinds of things and specifically look for these kinds of items. If you are one of these people, please, please buy this cabinet and do whatever you do with a thing like this. Help me. You can see that I have no reserve price or minimum bid. If I can make things any easier, let me know and I will do everything within my abilities. One more note. On the same day my mom had her stroke, the lease to my store was summarily terminated without cause. The measurements are 12 and a half inches by 7 and a half inches by 16 and a quarter inches. And this is in all caps. All of the items that I originally found inside the cabinet are included in the sale and will be delivered with the cabinet. That's my all caps voice. On June 12, 2003, Manus added to the eBay ad saying, There is no way that I can respond to all of the emails I've received since I put this thing online. I'll try now to update and answer the most common questions I've been receiving. One, no, I'm not religious. Two, No, I do not wish to have or participate in any sort of exorcism or case study or photo sessions at my home. Three, no, I will not sell any of the individual pieces which were originally found separate from the other pieces and the cabinet. Four, no, I do not speak Hebrew. Five, at the end of the auction, I have decided to take an opportunity to speak with the winning bidder for two reasons. A, to make sure that the winning bidder is a serious adult who has employed some valid reasoning skills in making the decision to accept whatever this is. I will not be judgmental. Do whatever you want or need after the sale. B, to offer full details of the events that have transpired. After I've carried out these responsibilities and upon payment, I will have the cabinet and its contents delivered by U.S. Mail, FedEx, or UPS to the winning bidder. At that point, I will have no further involvement with the matter in any way, shape, or form, period. Six, to all of you who have offered to pray, I may not be religious, but I am certainly open to the possibilities no matter what your religion may be. Thank you. And then on June 14th, Manus posts one more update. No, 
No, I will not circumvent or make any deals outside of eBay, even for more money than the final auction price. All caps voice. If you want to win the auction and have the kind of money some of you are offering, there shouldn't be any reason why you cannot simply place your bid in an open, honest fashion. I'm sure you can understand why I might be suspicious. Also, for those of you wanting to know if I'm still experiencing anything out of the ordinary, I thought everything was going okay until I got home on Friday, the 13th of June, and found that the fish in my freshwater aquarium, all 10, were dead. I'm still hoping that all of this is coincidental crap. Okay, so the box eventually went to a Missouri college student named Losif or Joseph Nitsky, who bought it from Manis for $140. Nitsky immediately started having car troubles and horrible hair loss, weird for someone in their early 20s, and started smelling strange smells around his apartment. He kept an online blog detailing some of these events, but the blog currently isn't online, unfortunately. In 2011, a man named Jason Haxton kind of became obsessed with the box and finally took the plunge, buying it from Nitsky for $280. Haxton at the time was the director of the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine in Kirksville, Missouri. In fact, one of Nitsky's roommates worked at the museum, which is how he got in touch with Nitsky in the first place. Haxton studied American antiques and ancient artifacts for decades and was, like I said, very into the Dybbuk box. So much so that after he bought it and experienced some of its, quote, gifts. He wrote a book about the box called, appropriately, The Dybbuk Box. Some things he talks about in the book include the development of strange health problems, including hives, coughing up blood, and head-to-toe welts. He also experienced dreams like manises, where an old, angry woman haunted him. Haxton's wife was not immune to these problems, too, and experienced bloody, weeping blisters after coming in contact with clothing Haxton wore during a failed attempt to contain the powers inside the box. Whatever this attempt was, I'm not sure I'll have to read the entirety of the book to get a sense. Then, Haxton moved the box to his workplace, the Museum of Osteopathic Medicine. Like Manus's shop, Haxton's office experienced strange occurrences like light bulbs bursting, so he took it out of the museum and locked it in the back of his truck for safety. The final straw for Haxton was when he and his son were watching TV in their living room, and the son noticed a black flame-like mass in the room with them. That was... Just too much for the museum director, and after consulting with rabbis to try to figure out a way to seal the Dybbuk in the box again, he sealed it up himself and hid it in a secret location, which he has never revealed. All in all, Haxton had the box for only a couple of months, and his experience feel a bit milder, I guess, than Manus's. At that point, most people, ghost enthusiasts and religious historians, started to know about the box, started to get a sense of what it was and what happened to it. Authors, filmmakers, rabbis, Orthodox Jews, and Hebrew intellectuals all have contacted Haxton, wanting to help solve the mystery of the Dybbuk box. So much so that Haxton said he's had to unlist his home number, change his email address, and build a website, www.dybbukbox.com, just to field inquiries. And then the Dybbuk box became part of popular culture. In 2012, the most prominent of three movies about the Dybbuk box, The Possession, produced by Sam Raimi, was released. Ramey, smartly, had both Manus and Haxton as production consultants on the film. And of course, weird things happened on set. Ole Borndahl says that he stood underneath an unlit neon light that randomly exploded. He also said that five days after shooting wrapped, all of the props from the film were destroyed in a mysterious fire. In 2016, the Dybbuk box's fame hit an all-time high thanks to one man, famed ghost hunter Zach Baggins, host of the Travel Channel's Ghost Adventures and its slew of spinoffs. In 2016, Haxton finally sold the box to Baggins on a sum that neither person is willing to share. 
That year, Baggins featured both Manus and Haxton on an episode of Ghost Adventures' Deadly Possessions when he brought the box to his haunted museum in Las Vegas. Today, it's one of the museum's highlights, touted as, quote, the world's most haunted object, which is a pretty bold statement, but maybe it's earned it. In 2020, Baggins opened the box on an episode of Ghost Hunter's Quarantine. He supposedly heard it say, quote, Kevin, a reference to Manus, and evil. Baggins even let his friend, you might know him, Post Malone, be in the episode. In it, Malone touches Baggins' shoulder when he opens the box, and oh boy, was that a mistake. In the next couple months, Malone's private plane was forced to make an emergency landing, he got into a car accident, and his San Fernando Valley home was broken into. Of course, of course, I know what you're thinking. It could all be one gigantic hoax. Skeptical Inquirer magazine writer Kenny Biddle definitely thinks that it's a hoax, thinking that Manus really created the myth of the box for attention, and Haxton perpetuated it. As proof, he posted a screenshot of a Facebook post from Manus dated October 24th, 2015. The post says, I am the original creator of the story of the Dybbuk box, which appeared as one of my eBay posts back in 2003. The idea that Dybbuk boxes have some kind of history prior to my story, and the idea that a Dybbuk box could contain anything other than a Dybbuk, along with any deviation to the type of contents I created to be found inside of a Dybbuk box, is laughable at best. How about this? If you or anyone else can find any reference to a Dybbuk box anywhere in history prior to my eBay post, I'll pay you $100,000 and tattoo your name on my forehead. Of course, that's not true. There's lots of mentions of Dybbuk's throughout history, maybe not specifically a box, but it really reads as I created the story and I am the authority on it. There's a lot of gray area, to be sure. And as a note, Haxton and Manis, the two people who are now thought to be the authorities on the box, have both profited off of the box and have slightly contentious views of each other, in my humble opinion. Haxton told Charles Moss at Input Magazine, quote, He never finishes anything. He would have never gotten the movie done. I got red carpet treatment and everything. I was with the stars and he was the background noise. And it probably pissed him off. But that's the way it is. On Manus's end, he denies that the attention surrounding Haxton's book and public appearances ever bothered him and is developing his own interactive experience around the box. Zach Baggins of Ghost Hunters and, of course, the current owner of the box says, quote, I think there's so much more to the Dybbuk box and, regardless of its origins, it is very much cursed and evil. I'm not surprised that more controversy and conflict keep arising from it. The Dybbuk box has always raised questions and intrigue, and this adds to its narrative. There is more to this powerful, cursed item. The story is still being told. I hope not, Zach Baggins of Ghost Hunters. I truly hope not. Though I'll admit, to the detriment of probably my sleep and my light bulbs, I would love to see this box in person. It's interesting because the term Dybbuk box, I feel, is relatively new. It just seemed to have popped up and then people are talking about Dybbuk boxes Mm -hmm. of the last few years, last five, ten years, Mm -hmm. which is interesting where something is old and haunted and Jewish folklore and history is extremely old. Truly. But it's there's they talk about things like the Warrens, talk about the you know the mm-hmm. Annabelle doll and all their haunted things. There really is no oh do you know but the haunted Dybbuk box is a relatively new thing. Yeah. Which is interesting for something so old. Like, it's just like, well, I, yeah, let's, this is not worth mentioning until t- 2003, 2005. <laughs> yeah. And creative minds can take something that's true or something about it. Somebody only mentioned one thing for it to be like, this is based on a true story. Totally. Based on actual events. 
it's a box. It is square. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's it's weird because I, I think this happens for a lot of things. Like we go and we take these pieces of these ancient cultures and rituals and we reappropriate them, you know, just like Manus did, you know, if you believe that, um, and give it new life and give it new intrigue. And that's kind of like the cycles of a lot of these stories and a lot of this folklore. Even look at like Disney movies, you know, we're taking these things, these grim tales and repackaging them and making them more relevant and making them more exciting. And this cycle will just continue and continue. You know, I'm a skeptic, mm-hmm. you know, not a cynic, skeptic. Yeah, for sure. Is that all the energy that has been put into this, let's just say it was cre- just created <laughs> into this box, taking a little tiny piece of Jewish history and folklore, mm-hmm. creating this whole thing and pouring so much time and energy, you know, creating, I'll say fabricating, but creating sure, what yeah. it is. Maybe that's the thing. That's the thing that makes it haunted. That's what the, the, the little bit of panic you might get from seeing something like that because you're told of how much you know, all these things happen because of this box and then there's the ebay and, totally. and the internet really kind of perpetuates this did anyone like interview the person who's like yeah this dude sold it to me and i had it for three days i was like no i'm just sending it back no it's just saying like, yeah i i mean you could say anything to- totally. about anything and when you're a creative mind and you want to make a movie and you want to sell a product and when you're want to be a, a tv show wants to Add that to its thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying Zach Baggins has any really. He's taking maybe taking it at face value, and he's doing mm-hmm. his thing. This is what he does, and, totally. and maybe that's where the haunted thing is. It's and it's not the thousands of year old Dybbuk, yeah, you know, folklore in it. It's what humans have put into it to create something to create that darkness a little more presently maybe that is it and that's me being fair saying like sure is it haunted well yes because people have put their kind of energy in it for attention and profit in some way shape or form or interest so that's me being like not a complete cynic like yeah sure it could be yeah you're compromising the most haunted thing the human mind a book by jason horton Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.